Da 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 da! You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Welcome back to Mad About Movie Streaming. Mad About Movies on Demand. Mad about, uh, I don't know. Quibby? Quibby? Quib life? Quib. What's mad wrong? Mad about so, Peacock. Mad about, by the way, I was, uh, I was listening to a podcast on, uh, on, uh, with Blake Griffin the other day, the basketball player. And he was talking about the Donald Sterling documentary and I kind of vaguely remembered it. And I was like, I need to watch that. I know they had the 30 for 30, like, podcast series but i guess there's a doc i remember hearing something about that let me go find that and i'll uh i'll find that and i uh like got on the computer to look for it and it was it's a quibi exclusive and i was like well i guess i'll never see it <laughs> you can see it the but principle you, of the matter yeah yeah, yeah exactly. it, you gotta see it but it's broken into 37 parts so <laughs> yeah, you gotta, it is. seriously is it's like it's like 18 <laughs> nine minute documentaries about the same because that's how you want to watch a documentary that makes sense for a documentary. Yeah, the, the short form, right? Right. Single subject. That's what I was hoping for. Ninety-five for the last parts. Dance. Yeah. You know, I was like, I I love this ten-part series. What would make it better would be if it was like two hundred and forty-three parts. That'd be exactly. way cooler. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the best quote I heard about Quibi, and we're going to talk a lot about streaming services, news, and stuff like that in a, in a separate episode. So get excited for that. But one of the funniest. Funniest quotes I heard about Quibi was some some industry guy who I guess was pretty high up, and he said the Hollywood like the joke in Hollywood about Quibi is that nobody needs Quibi. I've got a pause button. Like that, <laughs> the entire thing was like, "Oh, this is too long." Well, can't do it. As if you can't just pause something when you want to go do something else. You know, the same thing. Come back to it later. You know, that mm-hmm. their whole sell was the fact that it's short, short form. But it's serialized short Finally, form, so it's long not really national short nightmare form. is over. Yeah, it's just so it make, doesn't make much sense. But hey, when you live the quib life, mm-hmm. you've got quib no other strong. no other option. Quib nation, quib. rise up, mm-hmm. quib up. All right, I say qui, I say qui, because it looks like we in French. Quibi. So I, I say quibi. Yeah, the Discord quibi. was not happy with you about this. There was I a know, lot of I comments. Don't, I don't care. I'm sticking with it. <laughs> I'm, it's like how I'm going to, it's also Daryl Morey. No, I'm kidding. I'm not that much of an idiot. And Robin. But it looks, it just proves the point that how poor the name is. Cause it. Agree. Yes. It, uh, it's yeah. stupid. No anyway. one's looking at Peacock thinking, Peacock? Is that how you say that? I don't. <laughs> Careful. It's, it's almost dead on arrival with just the name. I said. Quibby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. Like so, no matter how cool, whatever they brought bites. to the table you was. You get it? It's, it's quick called, bites. Quick it's bites, big Quibi. stories. Like, it's never going to have a chance. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, not much better. The, the movie of the week this week on demand is on Hulu. Mm. Whatever that means. I call this, it Hulu. 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 <laughs> yeah. I still, I, I guess I don't know what Hulu means. So I guess it doesn't mean anything. It's just a word. A word that can be an app. Is there a company, Richard, you would know this, that just comes up with names for apps? There is a lots of them, uh, marketing and, and branding consultancy. So you, you, you pay a lot of money, and then they come with a full 
you know, nine options for your brand and you can go, I like this name with this color scheme and this thing. So yeah, that, that was one of the best arcs of Silicon Valley in the early uh-huh. seasons. Aviato. Yeah. Trying to come up with the names for the apps that he says it, it, it should be something that you scream while you're making love. That should be the, <laughs> Quibi, Google, Bing, Hulu has to have that kind of ring to it, you know? So Hulu exclusive Palm Springs. They paid a ton of money for this one. I did. 17.5 million. They paid Dang. $5 million budget for this Do you romantic know? comedy. Yeah. Do you know the other thing about what they paid for it? It was, it, they, they want the, um, whoever Hulu and, uh, whatever the other dist- distribution company came and said, we want to give you the highest, um, we want to beat the previous bid at Sundance ever by a dollar. And they came back and said, we, that's awesome, but we want to beat it by 69 cents. So they paid 17.5 million and 69 cents. You can take that with what <laughs> you want. Is that that is actually, no, seriously, it's true. Look it up. That is a true fact. Yorma and those guys said they wanted, they wanted 69 cents higher than the previous. And, and then uh, the other guys came back and were like, we want it 420 cents higher. <laughs> yeah. Take that. <laughs> I remember hearing that story. And then when I was researching this after watching it, I was like, oh yeah, that's that movie. I remember hearing that and laughing at it then, but yep. That is funny. I did not realize it was the highest selling Sundance mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense. Given the, the wide appeal of, of this movie and the potential of it, if it were to go into theaters, sadly it, it wasn't. I, I assume it would have if, if you know, things were different out there. I don't know. I don't know because Hulu was the one that bought it, so I don't know if mm-hmm. you know they bought it. I don't know if they were planning a small theatrical piece and then Hulu, you know, a month later or what. But, uh, but you know, kind of. I I, I think maybe because they're maybe trying to go to that Amazon Prime model. Like what? Was yeah, that, 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 that Casey Affleck. I was going to say Manchester by the Sea model. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I, I don't know. And the big sick was the same way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that out in yeah. the theaters, and then it was on Amazon shortly thereafter. So yeah, yeah that, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I assume it would have been out maybe in May, early June, and, sure. and gone out for a couple weeks, and then and you would have seen it on Hulu after it got some some positive buzz, and and this definitely was getting a lot of positive buzz. And this is a premise we've seen done a lot. I feel like we've talked about this premise a lot, even on the show, and in, in several different. Several different areas. I know we've talked Groundhog Day before. I know we've talked the live, die, repeat, edge of tomorrow uh, a few years ago. And Happy mm-hmm. Death Day had this same kind of premise a, a few years back that I really enjoyed with the horror spin on on all of that. But, Brian, I guess we'll start with you. What was mm-hmm. your your thoughts going into this one? How did you watch this? And, and what was your experience, general thoughts on Palm Springs? Oh man, I, I I saw the trailer for this, I, and I'm I'm with you guys. I'd heard the buzz coming out of Sundance. I was like, that sounds really cool. I love Sandberg. Love love Christina Milotti, and uh, I thought this could be a, that could be a really fun pairing. Uh, saw the trailer, and uh, yeah, it, was, it looked it looked great. I told my wife, I was like, yeah, it looks like it looks like Lonely Island Groundhog Day. So um, I'm 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 pumped for that. That sounds great. Yeah, we watched it last night, um, and I loved it. I'll, I'll just go ahead and say it's it's. This year obviously has been weird and, and terrible and brutal. And we don't, I mean, who knows what end of year lists are even going to look like, but this one was 
this one's going to end up high on the list. I, I imagine I, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought Sandberg, it, it showed a little bit of, I mean, he's still Sandberg. He's still doing the Sandberg thing, but, but it's with a Smurf. little bit of range to it. And I, I dig that. I, th- I thought it was cool to see him. I mean, we've all been big, big fans, big proponents of him, I think for a long time. So it's cool to see him kind of expand a little bit and show what he can do. And then, um, Chrissy Melati is awesome. And it, I, she has been woefully underutilized her entire career from how I met your mother. Um, to, I mean, even like she was great in Fargo. She was great on, on that episode of black mirror. I mean, she's awesome. She's always good. And the, the pairing of these two, I thought worked really well. I thought they had great chemistry, um, despite it not being necessarily the romantic chemistry that maybe you thought it was going to be at the beginning for the the bulk of the movie. Anyway, it's not, it's not based on that. It's just, and, and so it was, it was kind of interesting to see the two of them on screen together and, and the way that they worked with each other and the, the way those characters interacted and stuff. And so, yeah, man, I, I dug this quite a bit. This was, this was a, very, a really good movie and I'm glad it was on Hulu. I'm glad we got to sit down and watch it and, and, uh, not have to, have everything pushed back for seven years or whatever. It was, it's good to, it's good to get movies uh, every now and then. It was nice. Yeah. Richard. Yeah, no, same. I, I had kind of, uh, I had heard about the buzz on this as well. Was excited for it. I'm a Sam. I'm, I like Sam Burke too. Uh, Christina Malati, you know, I'm one of those people that's probably like the, uh, I, I'm just not super familiar with her oeuvre, but I, so I wasn't like a fan or, or a hater. I, I knew how I met your mother. I knew Fargo, but that was, that was kind of uh, all that came to mind uh, when I, when I thought about her. So I didn't carry the way, but she was so charming. As I, uh, I have a, I don't know if you guys know this about me. I was born and and kind of spent half my childhood out in Scottsdale. And uh, I love the desert. I love Palm Springs. I like the whole Sinatra thing. I think Palm Springs out in California is, even cooler desert than Arizona sometimes with the, the mid century houses and all that stuff. So like perfectly, perfectly set for me. One of those things like, you know, it's the opposite of the woods for me. It's like, (laughs) I'm here, I'm pretty much here for all Palm Springs content. And so, um, this, that just added another layer. And then I kind of wasn't even really aware of the plot of this. I kind of thought it was just a rom-com or a, um, you know, little mumble Corey movie until I, until like two weeks ago, I didn't, I kind of stayed away from any trailers and stuff. I was like, Oh, it's a time loopy thing. Okay, cool. So, and the great tradition of edge of tomorrow and groundhog day and, uh, whatever. So it was, it was uh really effective, both original and not original. And I mean, that does a compliment, like really kind of is, uh, you know, owes a lot to a lot of films in a smart way. And, uh, I just, I, I loved it. Yeah. so far, this is my favorite movie of the year, but, uh, you know, number two is Sonic. So it's not a great year. <laughs> my number one is Sonic. I don't know. That's gonna huh. be tough. True, true, true. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible that with this plot, that the love interest was not Rachel McAdams. That's what I mm. kept waiting <laughs> yeah, for, for her to just show up at the, one of the weddings. <laughs> she had to make and, Eurovision, dude. She was she had to drop out. <laughs> she, had, she had to make it. She had to do the when fire Eurovision saga. Calls, yeah. bro. When, when yeah. you're you're in fire saga, yeah, you've got to <laughs> drop drop it all. <laughs> but yeah, man, I remember talking about Groundhog Day, and man, I think Groundhog Day is the best comedy ever. Really, mm-hmm. I just I just love the way that they did that premise and and the way Bill Murray fits into that world and plays in that world and it, I think it's one of the better scripts ever and the, one of the better romantic comedies ever in terms of the chemistry between 
between the leads. And I think this one is certainly up there. I mean, mm-hmm. this is just such a fun summer movie. And certainly it's, it's not really family friendly. I will say that it's probably, yeah. you know, yeah. maybe, you know, something like a men in black or something would be a better definition of a perfect summer movie because you can take mm-hmm. the kids or whatever. But I think for people, L- 18 and, stuff. yeah, 18 and older, I, you know, a date night movie, maybe. I think this is a great, a great summer movie. It really made me want to go out and lay by the pool and go to California. And Brian, you might have read this as well. Did the city of Palm Springs pay for the name of this or something? Didn't they get paid to name this Palm Springs? I, I don't read know. That. Yeah. I read that somewhere. It was maybe on, um, maybe on IMDb, like one of the news articles that was tagged. For the movie, but they had some association with the city, hmm. which I think is cool because I do think this is a cool reflection of of that culture and 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 being there. And you know, tell me, tell me what you think, guys. I'll start with you, RB. Do you think this premise is played out? The time loop thing, mm-hmm. you know. Before I saw this, I would probably would have been inclined to say yes, but then it was done so effectively in this. Now maybe I say no, or maybe I say yes again because maybe this was the final one. I don't know how to think about it. Um, yeah, no, yes, um, but uh, but it can you know so so are so are many tropes in in cinema, and if it's done well, it's it's done well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially, you have to reinvent. Sure. What you're doing it, you have to do it in a different way than before. What what way do we have left? I was thinking sci-fi while I was watching this. I was like, oh, we need to see a sci-fi version, and then I remembered Edge of Tomorrow. It's like, oh, they, right. they kind of already source did that. code they too. Did. Yeah, same kind of thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, totally. There was yeah, that. What is that? Uh, I didn't see it, but similar that wedding, that English one that's about weddings. It's like rinse, repeat weddings or something. I'll find it. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> rinse. <laughs> it's called <laughs> Live, Laugh, something. Love. Uh, yeah yeah live laugh oh hold on let me check my cross wall from kirkland's yeah it's live laugh love no um kirkland's <laughs> um oh, goodness. is it it's a british movie or i believe so okay i believe so i talked about it a little bit on uh talk sport last week but i can now i've you know as most okay. things yeah that was that was like yeah that was almost that was four days ago so yeah exactly right who could possibly know yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I really love do wedding like, love wedding repeat. Okay, well that love sounds terrible. <laughs> wedding repeat. Yeah, you talked about that on the radio. They asked me about it. They oh, is it like they it's asked like a big, it's going viral said, it, over there. Love wedding is repeat. Is it like is it like is it like this? And I said, uh, n- no. But it does have Aisling B in it, who I who I love. And so, hmm. okay. oh, they asked you if Palm Springs was like it. Yes. Okay, now that makes sense. I was like, and I, I know said, if you uh, just went on there, it's like, guys, I got this great movie you need to check out. Love. Oh, Olivia Munn, too. Okay, I'm in. I might need to check this out. Yeah, I've never heard of it. If our friends at Talk Sport endorse it, then that's I, all. Yeah, I need. maybe it just didn't get pushed over here at all. But okay. Um, but it, yeah, it's a remake of a French romantic comedy, Plan de Table. Mm. So you know, we talked. We did three episodes on that back in 2012. <laughs> Rick, Richard, <laughs> you're the literature do, major, English major on the. Podcast, uh-huh. is this like a Shakespearean a trope or something? Is that why it's done? You know, because 
you always you always like yeah. like Hamlet always gets redone in various styles and, and stuff sure. like that or influence. Lion King, so. it, is um, there anything? Yeah, I don't think so. not to my like knowledge. living the same living the same day. Yeah. multiple times is that like a? No, I, I perhaps I'm thing. someone could someone far smarter than I could probably say yes. Obviously, it's these three things, but nothing comes to mind right now. I think of it as sort of a postmodern idea in my brain, um, but you know I don't know. You know, we didn't even know what days were until like the early 1800s, <laughs> man. Yeah. I don't know. I just made that up. I guess the hardest sell in these movies, and these movies, I mean movies about this time travel, live the day, same day, multiple times thing is what's the science behind it? And I kind of like this one of it's just a cave with the weird light thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sure. That's all you need to know. Yeah. That, like, okay, that makes sense. Yep. So. Simple, simple science of yeah. so explain. Yeah, it doesn't explain it really. I guess it fits in the logic of yeah, you're right. What they're, what they're trying to do, but yeah, man, you, you know, going into these that there's definitely you, you know there's a little checklist you can make. There's definitely going to be some kind of montage of them trying to kill themselves in various ways, and there's like there's two or three of those in this in this movie. But you know that's fun, I guess. When you can't die, I guess it's fun to to explore that. It was fun having. I think maybe the the cooler one of one of the better bits they did with this, as far as differentiating between other time loop movies, is having is having Andy Samberg already be having been there for decades, perhaps like who knows how long yeah. he's been doing this, and then have her come in as the sort of the newbie and such. And so that's a cool, I, I'm yeah. sure again, I'm sure that's been done in other time loop type movies and stories and stuff, but uh, it's a, that's a little fresher, a little more unique than, than it would be to have them both fall, wander through at the exact same time. So having him there is kind of the guy to be like, yeah, I've tried this. It doesn't work. Adds a little bit of a different element to the storytelling. And so you get to experience the, the newness of the world through, through Christian Milotti, but then, you know, you have this very tired, good luck, but it's not going to work kind of bit with, with Samber. And I thought that made for a fun, an interesting ride. It made it a lot more fun to, to see that unfold. Totally. Totally agree. Great point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I, I like JK Simmons in this as well as the guy who's, who's mad at Samberg for getting him caught in the loop. Yeah. Mm. You know? He's so great, man. He's yeah, I know. He's he, he's he. I still again hold a grudge against him because I had to see a Oklahoma last summer <laughs> in a theater that he owns in Big Fork, Montana, and I'll never forget it and never forgive him for it. Um, but and he does work too much. But man, when he's good, he's good. Sure, sure, one hundred percent. He's one yeah. for me. That's like he he may not raise the movie. Um, Justice League. Um, but I even even in when he's in terrible movies, even when he's not even particularly good, I'm like, I like that guy. It's just no, the, yeah, totally. He's he has a good. very uh I don't know, it's a it, there's a it's a kind of weird charisma that he's got. I definitely, like definitely. I, I dig I dig when he pops up on screen. I did not know, you know, there's a, about halfway through when you get kind of the backstory on on Sandberg and Simmons, there's that three minute scene where they're just, they're just broing out together. And yeah. I was like, this is delightful. I didn't know I needed Andy Sandberg and JK Simmons to be best friends, but I I did. And this was great. I, I enjoyed this. And then it goes horribly wrong immediately, but that's fine. It's, it's a fun bit. One of my favorite bits is when Sarah says that 
you know, she tried to drive home and fall asleep at home and she still woke up in her normal bed the next day, no matter how far mm-hmm. she traveled from the origin or whatever. <laughs> Sandberg, what's his name? Guy's name? Naya or something? Niles. Yeah. Niles. Okay. Niles. Yeah. He <laughs> says like he got to Equatorial Guinea <laughs> and like that they wouldn't let him in because of his passport or something. And then they just like arrested him and he was in jail in Equatorial Guinea. Uh, I, I like that too. I, it's so, so hard for me to watch Sandberg nowadays. And I guess this is a good thing without thinking of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Like he's, to sure. me, he's so associated with that character and mm-hmm. that world that I always think of him there. And then that's not, that's not a bad thing. It just, I guess sure. it just shows that he's broken away, you know, maybe, maybe like Amy Poehler would be a good comparison, but really broken away from SNL and a, way that mm-hmm. like she might not or he might not be known for that forever you know you were totally. you, you think most of those people that come out of there their number one thing on their obit is going to say former snl cast member you know right. so right. yeah I, I think andy samberg andy samberg's done a great job of <laughs> and i guess teaming up with the lowly islands you know speaking of them mm-hmm. <laughs> i'd love to now, how their logo is Sony Pictures Classics, but it's just Lonely Islands Classics. It's the yeah. same logo. And it's just to make it like this super fake prestigious brand that they've established is so is very great. funny to me. Yeah. yeah. There's some of the, the the funnest, you know, when I see a Lonely Island production is kind of behind it or writing it or producing, I really do get excited at the outset. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they do. They do funny stuff. I mean, it's they're geniuses, and some of the stuff doesn't work. It's not always going to be great, but it's it's when they hit. Gosh, it's funny. It's and the way that they go about doing the you know the stuff that you said at the start, Richard, with the the Sundance deal and yeah, some of the other stuff they do. It's just it's it's very um it's it's childish. It's very childish, but then you watch the the content that they put out, the movies and the bits and things. And you're just like, actually, this is really smart. Like a lot of this is really, really intelligent humor. And then also there's a lot of penis jokes, you know, it's just, it's just, it's a great, it's a very, very odd, but I think very funny blend of, of comedy. Yeah. They don't go too far into the gross out humor Mm -hmm. uh, style of things. Kind of like the past couple decades, uh, you know, first, I guess ours with the American Pie teen comedies and then transitioned into the Apatow movies. And now mm-hmm. uh, certainly the Lonely Island, I guess, could be as successful as they want in movies, but they do so many other different kinds of things with the online mm-hmm. stuff and with with television. They they can really do it whatever their, their heart desires. And man, this one is certainly up there this year. Yeah, man. I don't no, know if this it's my is, favorite, but um, yeah, man, it's it, it's so simple. But it, I, I think oftentimes these are the movies I pick the highest on my list every year are the the really kind of I don't know DIY feeling ones. But this had mm-hmm. a really fun sci-fi visual effects twist to it as well that I sure you know really really. Enjoyed that uh, differentiation from what a normal rom com would be with this with this twist. Mm-hmm. I think they brought a lot of a lot of fun to it. But go ahead, Richard. Sure. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, no. I think you know these kind of movies are always what um, 
we always talk about um th- th- there aren't enough of these these kind of not they're not mm-hmm. small little indie like Duplass brothers you know eight hundred thousand dollar movies they're not two hundred million dollar people wearing capes and firing lasers at each other movies this is just kind of like a nice little kind of date night movie for adults with a with an original with original idea maybe mom mm-hmm. well, that's not me not an original idea but you know an original story and uh and you know likable cast tonally kind of in the middle of a few different genres and it's just i think as i get older i get more interested in the blending of genres more than like really excelling in one particular thing i like things that are funny and and then have some really good sentimentality or drama to them or some you know some great smart dramas that are kind of funny and a little bit of thrills and action and suspense and things like that when you can really kind of operate inside the venn diagram of a bunch of different genres like this movie does i i find that so effective because as you said kent so many of these things are kind of tropes that get played out especially maybe this is just like you know seven years of seeing every movie critic guy talking but like when they kind of blend together and it's like a pairing of wine or in food or a beer and a burger or something. It's like, oh, this this uh, this whole thing works much better than the parts. And and this movie is the perfect example to me of that. Yeah, Brian, anything to add to that? No, I think I think you're spot on, RB. That's that was a that was something I really enjoyed. You know, my like my wife doesn't care about sci-fi movies at all. I do. I love especially little indie sci-fi movies. I think they're I think it's a cool. We we are in a a great era for that kind of movie and so i dig that stuff but my wife doesn't but we sat down to watch this and there there are there's a lot of little little sci-fi touches to this it's certainly not like the plot really or like the main the main focus but but there's little bits of it and it's it's kind of woven through this uh on paper kind of rom com type movie. And I love that. I love the blend and that's where movies go wrong so often it's it it's very easy i think to to mess that up and to get one part right and or or even both parts right but not get the blend of those mm-hmm. those things together whatever whatever it is you're like um what was that the 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 Blake Lively uh uh a simple favor the mm. the the Paul Fig yeah. movie I like was was that to me I was like this I think it kind of works as a comedy kind of works as like a stalkery thriller type, but the yeah. blend of the two doesn't go together at all. Yeah, it's kind of like a, when your vest doesn't quite work in your three-piece suit. Like it's a good <laughs> yeah, jacket just, and it's right. a good vest, but right. maybe yeah, the blend isn't. Doesn't, doesn't all go together. Um, I hate when that happens to mm-hmm. me. Um, every, every other... Day, well, when you wear you know? dope three-piece every day, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. bound to happen. Sometimes. You're going to get some misses. They're, d- yeah. Yeah. Just, they're disposable. <laughs> just, they're one-time use only, and then they go into the yes. recycle. Exactly. But yeah, like the blend of the of those the genres really works here. It 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 plays quite nicely because for one thing they don't go too far into the sci-fi stuff. I mean, you get the the quantum physics uh segment towards the end with with uh Miliati trying to to figure out how to get them out of it and stuff, but it's not like they're she's it's not like they're putting a, a, a TED talk on 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 the screen for for ten minutes and her trying to figure. It's it's done kind of montagey and stuff, and so you add in little elements like that, little notes um, along the way, and it it does. It, it the blend works really well. And in the end of the at the end of the day, it's just it really is just kind of a, a fairly simple rom com. The the base, you know what I mean? Like the the one the one liner of like what's this movie about is is fairly simple. 
And they kind of keep to that, which I dig. Simplicity is good. That's what, I mean, we always say that it's, it's a, it's, if you can do simple and make it smart, then that's, that's usually the way to go. And that, I thought this movie got that, got that quite well. I mean, big, big props to, to the director and the writer, two people. I mean, Max, I'm looking at his name, Barbacow and, and ADCR. I've never heard of either of these two people. And they put together one of the best, one of the best movies we've seen this year easily, I think. Yeah. We talk about this year and. I saw a headline in relation to this movie earlier that said Palm Springs was one of the best movies of the quarantine era. And I was thinking, I was like, what what do they mean by that? The quarantine era, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and I think one of the reasons that this movie is being talked about so much is because it does play so well on the small screen. Sure. You know? And there's something to that for sure. Yeah. No. I- and the thing uh, about that is, you know, we might be in a, I don't know, when a renaissance isn't the, the right word, but we might be in this this time where we're going to start to see some really, really great low budget movies that, that go straight to streaming, but play really well on the small screen because mm. so many more people are not wanting to go out to the theater. So I think that the big budget theater experience is just going to be less in demand than it ever has been. And and people are going to realize that yeah, these smaller, more intimate kind of movies are, are what people want to watch when they're at home, and they don't feel like they're missing out on that on that theater experience when you have all the visual effects and things like that involved. It, you know, your first impression on those movies is often a, a huge spectacle. You know, so mm-hmm. you heard about the John David Washington shooting this movie with with Zendaya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they uh they shot it during during the quarantine. It says mm-hmm. they shot it the guy that did Euphoria wrote it and it's called Malcolm and Marie. And so they shot it from June seventeenth through July second at like they rented some house and did it. Uh, it's supposed to be like a marriage story style romantic not comedy drama, something like that. Sure. But that's just one example of you know, I think we're going to start to see some of these more more intimate and more I don't know character study type movies rather than these big CG spectacles just because you know I, I think sure. the working conditions are even different now for yeah. for a lot of people that might that might lead more to it than the demand from the audience so sure I I, I, th- I think those things can work together but I I think the I think the key part of that that I hope doesn't get missed in all of this is you have to put it out on, on a streaming service. It can't just, <laughs> yeah. it can't be like, Hey, we shot this cool little movie for, you know, for 2 million bucks. Um, you know, you, it did great at festivals. You're going to love it. Cool. When can I see it? Probably never. Um, mm-hmm. probably six months after it gets an Oscar nomination for best screenplay, we'll put it out on DVD. Maybe we'll try that. Is that cool? And you're just like, well, no, I, it doesn't do us any good if, none of us can see the movie. So Palm Springs, Greyhound, Old Guard, which we're going to talk about next week. Uh, I mean, the King of Staten, you know, all these things, like either if you're not going to put it out uh, day and day video on demand and let people see it, then it's kind of pointless to, to keep it um, behind closed doors, as it were, put it out on the streaming service, put it somewhere where people can, can get something out of it. Yeah, man, this is a feel good, feel good movie. I think we, we need something like this. I think this would have done well in the theater had it gone traditionally. I think it would, I don't think it would have been number one 
you know, its first weekend or anything, probably given the competition. But mm. in a normal world, I think this is the is a kind of a sleeper hit sure. if it gets the 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 number of theaters it needs for people mm-hmm. to actually be able to go see it, like you said, Brian. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I would have seen this as like a. I don't know that you can put this. Well, I don't know. It take place. It takes place in November, supposedly. So maybe you could. It feels like a movie from a from a, a budget and scale standpoint that could win a weekend if you put it out in the right on the right weekend in the fall. But it also maybe doesn't really August feel like a fall movie. Yeah, exactly. So it, you, it might be tough to find the right the you know if if we lived in a re- in a normal world um, to find the right weekend to put it out, but. But I, I mean, I think, you know, we talked about Greyhound last week. Greyhound's one that I do wish I saw in theaters because I think it would have mm-hmm. picked up more on the tension and whatnot. Yeah. This is perfect for streaming. Oh, like, this totally. was a, just a perfect experience on, on Hulu or, you know, whatever, wherever it had ended up would have been, would have been a hit, I think. From I just wish one. it could have been broken up into. 14, <laughs> I hit pause seconds. 12 times just yeah. to get a little breather. It's like, I, yeah, I just, I had to, unfortunately, I had to pee five minutes mm-hmm. in and then what am I going to do? But if right. it had been broken up, you know, I could have used the restroom. So, sorry about your couch, though. That's tough. It's- yeah, well, that's why I have cats and Burger looking out for me. Hulu Hulu says that this was the biggest opening weekend numbers that they've ever had for an original movie. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Well, I mean, not yeah. not technically original. I mean, they bought this. Sure. Sure. I know. I wonder how that works. Like in terms of, you know, is that good i mean obviously it's good but how many of those are like unique signups to the platform did it bring in revenue or was it like mm-hmm. you know did just everyone that already has your service watch it which is still right. a value you want to provide content to those people but right. it's always such a that's such complicated math right it's it's hard mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. to the only way for them to measure that is to measure like if they had a palm springs click ad somewhere and that led to somebody signing up sure for hulu i think they can track that but yeah, yeah, or that if is you just tough. noticed that weekend, it kicked up two percent or something. Right, like, like you Hamilton can assume for it. Disney. Yeah, it was like Hamilton. They paid seventy five million for Disney Plus. Paid what seventy five million for Hamilton, and they mm-hmm. made that back. I bet, and people signing up for a month of it to watch. Totally, that. yeah. The, the, they, yeah. the fact that they took away the free trial was epic for Disney. <laughs> they yeah. silently did that for that weekend, yeah. and it worked. Smart, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other thing, though, with with Hulu is it's not like they have a ton of competition for that that number because they they haven't done a they haven't done a lot, lot of movies of yeah. movies the yeah. the TV show for sure but movies hasn't really been original Hulu movies hasn't been a, a huge thing to this point yeah great point so maybe that changes things for them yeah I like kind of Hulu's aesthetic sometimes more than Netflix um, mm-hmm. in terms of Netflix just has so much stuff which is great but like not everything's great whereas Hulu you know I think has a pretty Pretty good batting average on original content. They just don't do a ton of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know where that goes. You know, now with they used to be the spot where you could go and watch. You know, YouTube is cut into so much of what Hulu was kind of originally designed for, um, mm. in terms of like show clips and things like that, and monetizing. You know, all that stuff. So I don't know. I don't know where Hulu stands going forward. But I, you know, still a still a pretty powerful brand in that in that world. Here I'm looking at a market share. Um, stat sheet. This is from September 2019. YouTube, 88% of people use YouTube. Mm-hmm. 25% Netflix. 14% Hulu. Wow. Okay. That's high. 11% Amazon Prime and 8% Vimeo. And that uh, that's excluding Disney Plus and all those that weren't mm-hmm. out at this time. But sure. 
But yeah, Netflix Quibi. is looks like it's 10, about ten percent higher than Hulu. I, that's higher than I would have thought. I would have thought Hulu would have been below Amazon Prime. Yeah, because so many people have Amazon Prime, they don't even know they have it. I think more people you know? have Hulu because <laughs> it has next day TV shows on there. Right. Totally. So if you wanted right. to watch yeah. and the, the live Bachelor, TV, I mean that's who, that or whatever. When I have, you know, right now there's no sports, so I don't have cable. But when I have cable, I get it. I just add the live TV from they have a live TV that's, tab on there or something. Yep. You can just one thing I'll give Hulu. It's super easy to like change your account tier. They have like nine different ones, and the pricing is really clear, and you can just change it, and within five minutes, it's set up differently. So you can like add live TV for a month, take it away for a month. You know what I mean? It's just super simple to navigate all that. Yes. Everything everything is add-ons. I've so never fa- like That's funny you say that. I've never found the Hulu app easy to navigate. Every time I've downloaded it, I'm like, this is it's it's super out there in terms of the UI, I feel like. It is. They're they're the the web app is more what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. It's pretty easy to like I do like I'm looking at it right now like uh-huh. So, they have, you know, the 4.99 base plan and they have like 40 different add- add-ons you can add to that from live TV to, mm-hmm. you know, you can get HBO through Hulu and all that stuff. You can do no commercials, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah that helps. I'm with you though, Ken. I, the thing I hate about, about their interface is it doesn't, as opposed to Netflix or pretty much any other uh, streaming service, it seems I can't ever get it to, I can't ever get Hulu to actually remember where I was in an episode or a movie yeah. or whatever. The it's ads so really screw that up sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It just drives me nuts. I'm like, okay, resume episode. And it's like, cool, start it over. Is that what you meant? And like, no, that's not, or yeah, go back I, four I, episodes. No. I, what, what do you mean? It's, it's very frustrating. I never understood. I guess my biggest, the biggest reason that I've canceled Hulu before is you pay for it and then they still have ads. I don't, I don't understand that. <laughs> Either yeah. free with ads or pay with no ads. I don't understand. Yeah, I I'm paying nine ninety nine and I still have to right. sit through. Yeah. Well, now the nine ninety nine is no ads, so it used to be confusing. Something They've like changed that. that. Yeah. It, now it's like four ninety nine. It's like Peacock. It's like four ninety nine. Yeah. Ads and then nine ninety nine no ads or yeah. Right. They've I've never had ads because I'm very wealthy as you guys. Yeah. Know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Little little brag there. Just. Never, I've never had Hulu with that. that so, I mean, that was you know. just pure greed by them. They need to get their <laughs> revenue either by subscription model or, or advertising model. For them to do both was just, it's like, hey, we already signed up. Here's a, here's an ad. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't understand that. They're smart. They get it though. Cause there are a they ton probably of doubled that, their money they, at the outset, but lost people right. at, yeah. in the end, you know? Wow. I got sick of yeah. the ads. I like that they moved it to five to four ninety nine a month. That is nice. With no ads. I mean, that's a that's a well. Solid. The best thing they, about Hulu, they know a lot of people are going there that cut, that are cord cutters, and that that's the best way to get your right whatever show you actually watch on network TV and stuff. Exactly so, what I was going to say is the best thing about Hulu is they bundle it with ESPN and Disney Plus. So <laughs> that's probably the best best bundle you could get of of apps. Well, my favorite thing about about Palm Springs just to wrap this up. I would say the the scenes that took place on the highway, like them getting pulled over, was a was a fun sequence, and you know running into the car, the the truck, and all that. I, I think those are fun, and the suicide mm-hmm. montage with the airplanes. I thought that was funny too. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. It's hard, the, it's hard the, for me not that to was be one of the better that, kind of, that that bit, I guess. Yes, yeah, same here. Same here. And and you you said it at the outset can't we've seen that done a billion times from Groundhog Day all the way up, but that was one of the better montages yes. of of that type of thing. I was I was dying. The the airplane thing killed me. I was I was cracking up with them. And like bursting into the bar to do the 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 uh, choreographed dance mm-hmm. and stuff, it was it was very well done on that on that front. That was a lot of fun, a lot of fun indeed. You said it. Well, let's let's hit a grade here, guys. I'm gonna go straight A with Palm Springs. I'm, it might be a verging on A plus, so it might be A plus at the end of the year. But it's an A now. Mm-hmm. Really enjoyed this. This is fun. What about you, Brian? A plus for me. Uh, it's this and Defy Bloods, and then whatever we do with Hamilton. Uh, I don't. I still don't know yeah. whether to qualify that or not. I haven't put it on uh, mine just because I. I know at the end of the year I'm going to feel guilty and put it out of the top ten because <laughs> I'm going to be like, sure, it's just not fair because sure. it's probably the best. It's a different thing. It's a different. It really is a different, different medium. It just so. doesn't. It's not a movie though, yeah. so it's just different. Right. Right. I put it on my lettered box just because it, I, I, you know, to help me keep track of everything. But I don't know whether I'll keep it on the top ten at the end of the year or not. But regardless, Palm Springs for sure. It's it, this and this and the Five Bloods are are probably the two best movies I've seen this year. And again, it's a crappy year, but but the top is is good. The the top of my list is you know top five or whatever is very solid. So given that we haven't gotten to see nearly as many movies as as we would in an or I would at least in a normal year. Um, it's it's starting to round out a little bit at least we're starting to get yeah. a few few entries that that make some sense so that's good that's good yeah I, I i love this and i will i will gladly go back and rewatch it a lot and uh sandberg and, and miliati both of them are stars put them in more movies and, yes. and tv shows and stuff do do good stuff with them she she especially deserves 12 chances just for how i met your mother completely botching how they used her so give her more chances <laughs> richard what about you yeah, I'm going to go solid A as well. I'm going to go just straight up. Could could move up in my estimation a little bit, but uh definitely I think a movie that I'll I'll probably watch six more times in my life, which is cool. So, mm-hmm. uh so I'm going to go, yeah, for now I'm going to go solid A. Yeah, Brian mentioned it. Follow us on Letterboxd. Brian and I definitely use Letterboxd a lot. Mine, I'm just acting Garrison. I was getting good at it and then pandemic hit. <laughs> well, it's been easier day. for me to to keep track of it this year because Normally I'm in a theater so I can remember which ones I saw <laughs> in a theater, but with all these streaming ones, sure. I have to like manually write them down or I'll, I'll forget like one random one I watched on demand one afternoon, you know? For sure. So, for sure. yeah, I'm probably a little more in depth this year than I have been in terms of put, marking everything I'm watching, but yeah, man, it's, it's in my top five firmly there. Um, it's my number three right now, but it might move, might, might move up towards the end of the year. Really, really fun. Follow us on Letterbox, though. Me, I'm Matt Kent Garrison, and Brian's at Brian Gill on yep. Letterboxd. And send us your lists. And we always talk about Letterboxd and share Letterbox links in our Discord over at our VIP page, mattaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. We hope you enjoyed our Goonies episode. Man, that was, that was, that was really fun. And I, I just found out that my nephew went and saw Goonies in the theater last week. Apparently, they, they oh, put nice. it back in the theaters, and he told me he went and went and saw it for for the first time he's about eight maybe something like that That's so cool. yeah he loved it he loved absolutely loved it i was super jealous that i never never got to have that experience as a child but stay tuned to that episode to hear my full thoughts on seeing it as an adult and and all that but it's it's a really good movie and 
an, an episode that I think you should definitely check out if you want more throwback episodes from us. But where can I find you online, Brian? Uh, you can find me on the Twitter, Beagle12. Uh, you can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and uh, BrianDGill.com. Richard, what about you? You can find me at Richard Barden on all the social and everything and the Mad About Movies Discord if you are a VIP, which you can sign up for at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Kent, where can I find you? Online at Kent Garrison on all the social platforms and at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. Leave us a review. And we'll see you maybe next time, next week, on Mad About Movie Streaming On Demand. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yaya. Yeah, yeah.